Commencing countdown. Three, two, one. This is the Contracting Experience. Connecting government contracting professionals to the world around them through conversations with acquisition influencers, insights into evolving hot topics, and sharing lessons learned from the field. In this episode, we follow up with our guests from episode 36, Chelsea Fulham and Abby Dorn, who are Air Force contracting professionals that completed education with industry fellowships. Chelsea's work with Amazon and Abby's work with Andoral really got them thinking about how collaborative industry is with its partners and how government acquisition may better take advantage of opportunities to collaborate with industry to meet its goals. As part of their EWE capstone project, Chelsea and Abby worked with data analytics students from UC Berkeley to develop a tool that would allow companies doing business with the government a vehicle to provide feedback on the acquisition process. Chelsea and Abby share the data they receive from industry partners and identify which indicators show the biggest opportunities for improving the acquisition timeline. They also give advice to future EWE fellows as they collaborate with industry to learn and improve the way we do business. Welcome Chelsea and Abby back to the podcast. Hi, Amber. I appreciate you having us. Yeah. Thank you, Amber. Yeah. So you guys were on here back in April 2020 timeframe while you guys were involved with the education with industry. And Chelsea, you were working with Amazon and Abby, you were working with Anderol. Um, so Chelsea, I'll let you kind of kick it off. How, was, how did the second half of your education with industry experience go? Uh, yeah, so it was really awesome. Uh, the whole experience was something that was really eye-opening for me. And like we talked about before, uh, my the first half of my experience was a little chaotic. I was trying to find my, my foot in, in the company and uh, how I could bring back some quality to the Air Force and, and my new position here at J-Bear. So um, the last half was a way more valuable to me because I found my footing and I was able to really start learning a lot from the organization I was in within Amazon, which is Scott, just to remind everybody, the supply chain optimization technologies. And essentially what they do is they collect all of the data um, for Amazon and kind of make decisions on strategic partnerships with other companies uh, from within that organization. So they're like the brain of the operations. Um, so yeah, for me personally, I, I was able to really understand the criticality of data um, in, when it comes to decision-making. Um, and for me as a leader, that was crucial. And, and I hope to employ some of those strategies in my new position here. Yeah, uh, the second half of my EWE experience uh, at Andros, uh really interesting. Uh, it was really good for me. So for me, I'd never, I did not exactly know what I was getting into in my next assignment. So I didn't really know exactly what to learn or, you know, try and focus on. And so I was just trying to learn as much as I possibly could. Uh, but what I did realize is that the second half, um, I was able to kind of put the whole process together for a certain project or a product that uh, I was working on. And so, you know, helping out with, uh, you know, getting a test site available uh, before they go and do 
um, a technical uh, evaluation. Um, and so just got to see the full gambit of what all takes place in order to even be considered uh, for for an option, like for a contract. And so um, that was really interesting uh, for me. And then it, it is really funny, like now in my next station, how much that has been helpful, even though I didn't know it at the time. Uh, so um, overall, uh, I, it, was, it was great. It was just kind of a culmination of the first half of, of my EWE experience. Over. Great. Now, Abby, you guys did a collaboration with the National Security Innovation Network. What were the results of working with Ensign? Yeah, so uh, the students were awesome to work with. Um, and part of their package, uh, so part of our project, we had a questionnaire. And then what the students did is they then processed that data. Um, and what they were able to do is give us some uh, feedback for what we could improve, right? So essentially, you know, we're kind of looking for constructive criticism, if you will, from uh, industry. And so on all of our uh, questions that we asked, we tried to have a uh, quantitative question of just like kind of like general, like was it good, bad, like totally awesome, absolutely awful, um, or was it kind of mediocre? And then uh, what the students were able to put together is kind of like a summary page of each question. So of uh, with the qualitative feedback as well. So what they did is they actually uh, went through all of that data and tried to find any positive comments, any negative comments, and then kind of like went through um, and then had and gave us their recommendations of what we could improve. Um, so, for example, uh, one of the questions was, uh, you know, what, what's the government's responsiveness in communication? So, kind of an overall statement that they had for this was vendors felt that responsiveness was fantastic once the projects were underway. However, prior to engagement, there were multiple no responses and it was difficult to know who to reach out to. So, with that information, you know, there's, there's that second portion where it's like, eh, it's kind of understandable in the sense of, you know, if, if we don't have a contract with you, it's difficult to have like a ton of communication with you. Um, but like once we have a contract in place, it makes sense to have more communication. Um, but then what they do is they go through like, and they take all of the positive comments and then they take all of the negative comments um, any similarities like, oh, this was a really frequent one. Um, so like more than once someone stated similarly, hey, it was unclear who to reach out to. And, you know, just it would be nice to have a POC or whatever. Um, and then so then uh, they would also list uh, the students would then list their recommendations for improvements. And so one of them, for example, is assign a lead POC to each company, so uh, and and a few other things, but um, you know there's high turnover, etc. So there's a lot of different factors, but uh, I honestly I think the students did a fantastic job, and they did it for all of our different questions. So I think we ended up having about 15 main questions that they uh, evaluated and processed. Yeah, and if I could add to that, 
um, they were they were fantastic um, in being flexible with what we were asking for because they're data analytics students. So they they were most interested in the data that we could provide them and kind of breaking it down and, and seeing trends and seeing um, how they could crunch it into into diff different um, perspectives to like I was talking about with the decision making process. Um, and we really wanted to see, okay, so how can we use this data for the Air Force slash DOD um, to kind of to demonstrate, okay, this is the health of the organization, this is the health of the industry base, and um, so leaders could see a holistic view of, you know, this is what the contractors are saying, so they have that data to make good decisions on policies and procedures that they might want to put in place. And, you know, so they created a, a little mock-up of, uh, what a system like that could look like, even though they're not software engineers and they're not, you know, that's not their specialty. But it was it was awesome that they did that because it was able to give us the teeth to kind of say, hey, this is what something like this could look like, um, and this is just an example. It doesn't have to be like this, but um, you know, to give people like a visual, you know, because a lot of people in the military really enjoy visuals. So we thought that was critical, and it was, you know, in our follow-up meetings with leadership, it was uh, a really big, a really big deal that they could kind of get a visual on, on what a system, a feedback system with industry could look like. Okay, so it sounds like your collaboration with Ensign was kind of um, providing information and providing data to your capstone project. Can you talk about more about the capstone project and and why you focused on it and also what you think came out of the capstone project? Yeah, um, so as far as our capstone project goes, you know, we we worked with some other EWE students, um, specifically Roger Anderson, who was working at Decode, and he had um, a lot of experience with the process of MVP. And so we were thinking, um, you know, in our world, contracting, we're like, hey, how do we employ an MVP, which is a minimal viable product? And how can we use that to kind of boost our capstone project to be um, just the, the highest quality possible and learn as much as quickly as we can, because we have such a short period of time at these companies. And so the whole concept behind the MVP is that you kind of figure out what what the problem is, right? Your hypothesis on how to fix that problem. And then you employ some kind of technique uh, to try to figure out, hey, is, is my hypothesis correct? And if it's not, how do we pivot and, um, you know, maybe change it up a little bit so it can be correct and we can move forward and we can start getting some traction on actual change and progress to solve this issue. And so for Abby and I, I think we were very successful in demonstrating that because we, you know, we started from scratch and we, we basically um, just worked with a group of vendors, got a database of feedback that these instant students could could look at and kind of crunch and, and um, analyze and give us limited feedback based on that, that small pool of vendors, but, you know, it was still feedback, and we could still see trends and, and different um, indicators 
on on things that might be an issue in in the wider force. And so we're really hoping that in the future we're going to have something very similar um, in place across the Air Force, at least DOD. Um, and you know, Abby and I have also had a lot of conversations. Uh, with leadership on our way out the door from EWE, specifically uh, Mike Hogan from SAF AQC. He was phenomenal. He, he contacted Abby and I, and he basically reached out and said, you know, I was given your capstone project, and I'm very interested to, to have a conversation, get your perspective on, um, you know, how we can actually move forward with, with something similar like this in the Air Force, and we had a conversation with him, which was very exciting. Um, you know, I don't want to steal his thunder, but he, he was very much excited about the prospect of having uh, a vendor feedback tool in place so that way leadership could really get a gauge on, on how industry is feeling about particular issues in our uh, contracting world. So you mentioned indicate like bigger indicators that came out. So I got to ask, what what can you give us an idea of maybe what some of those bigger indicators were that came back from the, the vendor feedback? Yes. So the um, some of the bigger examples. So um, it, some of our questions we kind of talked about um, the the stages of a contract so there's a pre-solicitation stage a solicitation and evaluation and just kind of like get a feel for um how the overall process goes and so for and so we understand that the vendors that we utilized were primarily small businesses and uh specifically uh cyber so like afworks and so um looking at the feedback Overall, in the pre-solicitation stage, it's actually generally pretty positive. Um, so, you know that when I was in, when we were initially starting this project, it's like, oh, everybody hates working, you know, with the government, you know. But it's just like with this proof of concept, we wanted to figure out what exactly are the issues and where where are they. So, like uh, like what Chelsea was saying, you know, we want to be able to make data-driven decisions. Um, and if something is working, we don't necessarily need to change it. We can always finesse it, whatever. But um, the the bigger issues uh, we were able to kind of suss out. So uh, the pre-solicitation stage overall is pretty good. Um, and then with the solicitation and evaluation stage, it starts to kind of not be as positive. Um, so. Primarily, it, it seems um, there's, according to our feedback, uh, there's delays in evaluations and RFP publications. Um, so there seems to be a lack of communication uh, about these delays specifically. Um, and then uh, the vendors were also saying that solicitations are kind of are poorly written in legal jargon, uh, potentially buzzwords. Um, and then topics also did not have an updated POC to answer any clarification aspects. So uh, I think really, it's, it's really just about that accessibility to ask questions and get clarification. Um, so it's, it's really like, really just contact and good communication and open lines. And again, it kind of kind of comes back to, you know, there is that uh, overturn that we have, uh, and so how do we 
how do we maintain uh, that capability uh, and, and contact open? Um, and then the contract award stage, again, generally more negative than it is positive. Um, but uh, the biggest thing that I saw was um, the, the time, the time frames. So um, uh, earlier in some previous questions, they were saying that from the time of the RFP was posted to award, it was like over a year. And so for a lot of the small businesses, that's a long time. A year is a pretty long time. Like I could go and start a family in that amount of time. Like, you know, and if you're on, you know, the leading technological edge, there's a potential for a lot of change uh, within that amount of time. And, you know, being at Andro, how many different iterations of whatever products that they had, you know, it's like that's one year is actually a pretty long time. Uh, and so uh, just those expectations, um, were, were interesting. Uh, and then for the final stage, the contract administration stage, um, there would be fewer responses overall to this question because some, not all vendors make it to this stage, right? Um, so obviously in the pre-solicitation stage, we have far more responses as opposed to in the uh, contract admin stage. Um, but again, like some of the positives are coming up. Uh, so we have clear and responsive support, um, but then, um, you know, some negatives, maybe, you know, the a specific POC didn't always answer questions or make a monthly meeting or something like that. So um, just at, overall, I think just setting expectations and then adhering to those uh, on our side, I think is really ends up kind of being our biggest, biggest issue. Over. And and Amber, you know, all all that said, for all the contracting officers out there, um, these problems probably sound very familiar, <laughs> and that that was what Abby and I talked about was, you know, when we got this feedback, we were like, this is kind of what we expected, but our thinking is that, you know, when we scale this. Um, leadership at the higher levels they don't really have that day-to-day -day interaction with contractors like the boots on the ground contracting officers do and so like what's happening currently in the force is the boots on the ground contracting officers know these issues and they're working them individually as they come up and maybe in their organization they might have some kind of you know policy or strategy for dealing with some of these issues but in the larger Air Force and DOD, there's no system currently in place to articulate this data and really show the magnitude of these issues to leadership so they can make some true changes at their level that can trickle down to the wider force. And so, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, hopefully it gets there, but that's our, that was our end goal. That was our, our, our like way in the future hopes for a better world kind of uh, scenario um, because, you know, every contracting out there, every contracting officer out there has experienced these issues. I know they have, um, you know, I've been in the force for a while and I can tell you I experienced every single one of the issues I saw on that feedback. And um, I'm just not sure that leadership is really getting that data that they need. So 
really at the end of the day, we need something like this in order for them to, to fight to, to change some of these issues. Yeah, well said. And and I'm just looking at like trying to pull a string through kind of the different stages that you were talking about. And it sounded like the first one that really had maybe some, maybe not as positive feedback. You said the solicitation and evaluation stage. And then how, you know, if it if things get tripped up in that stage, how that could cause more time it to take more time to get to award, right? If you're if there's not uh if you have proposals where maybe you have questions on or you're not sure. Um, if they fully, you know, took in took into account the requirement, or if the government actually give gave them a clear enough requirement that they feel like could actually meet um, the need that they have. So it's it sounds to me, just from looking at like the cursory view or he hearing the cursory view of this data, is that the solicitation and evaluation stage is really a good place to kind of start the focus, even if you're just like you know, contracting officer or contract specialist out there right now thinking through if you're near that stage, how can you get with your team early to let your team know, or even your technical team that, hey, we need to make this as clear as possible. We need to make sure we're communicating with the, with the contractors out there, give them um, opportunities to ask us questions and those kinds of things, which would then feed into, you know, that stage. Once you get those proposals and you're evaluating those, um, having having stuff that the proposals that actually meet your need um, and that are clear uh, when you're in that stage. Yeah, and and you know I want to be clear. I, I I genuinely do not believe that the issue is anyone in our in our career field not doing their job. Um, and that you know not that that's what you said, but I just don't want people to misunderstand what we're saying. You know, we're not saying that this is contracting officers' fault that these things are happening. Right. We're, we're thinking that this is a systematic issue, that it's not getting better because there's no visibility at the higher ranks. And they're the ones that can make those the strategic decisions to make some real changes that can have a massive effect. Just like you were talking about the solicitation phase, if you make a change, a really big change in how we do solicitations and evaluations, or at least how we manage them, that's gonna ripple across the entire life cycle of a contract. And there's gonna be you know, a lot of growing pains and, and, and mistakes made, but you know, that's the whole point of like the concept of the MVP is identify an issue, have a hypothesis for how to fix it, implement it, see what happens, um, and then kind of learn from the resulting uh, effects, which is why when when Abby and I initially pitched this, we were like, we need, to, we need to start this somewhere. We just need to have a test base to implement this so we can learn even more and how we can uh, improve this system and how we can really use this feedback you know, because we're not fortune tellers. <laughs> None of us are fortune tellers. We have no idea really at the end of the day what's going to happen. But if we experiment and we learn from the progress of, you know, these these iterations, then uh, maybe we can end up with something really awesome that will have a really big impact. And that's our hope. That's great. And, and I think that's just a healthy way to look at problems in general, right? Is like, Nobody is going to have like a silver bullet answer for every issue, but being open to trying things and seeing what happens and gaining feedback from people that are actually in the process to make it better is important and, and it's a great way to look at it. Absolutely. 
Okay, so with all that said, uh, Abby, I'll start with you. What are some things you learned in your education with industry experience that you're taking back to your new position in the Air Force and ultimately the Department of Defense? Ooh, yeah, that's uh, that's a lot. Um, I, I think a lot of it is uh, that that communication, like honest communication, um, just helping set expectations, uh, but also like tempo, being willing to help, you know, where, wherever that is, you know, don't let anything, you know, be beneath you, like help out your, you know, help out your team, you know, if you have some free time, you know, be willing to lend a hand and, you know, hey, I haven't worked on that type of a contract, you know, if, if you have a clearance for it, you know, if, try and get involved and learn as much as you can. And um, so it's, kind of everything. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I think, and I think being organized is uh, important as well. Um, so, you know, I had a great tool at my first base. I didn't realize how great of a tool it was at the time, but, uh, you know, just to help, you know, manage your workload uh, is, is helpful. Uh, and that can help, you know, set up your calendar for notifications, communication, all that kind of stuff. So uh, just, you know, tr use the tools that are available to you, um, you know, talk with your coworkers because, you know, they have a wealth of knowledge um, and everybody that I've worked with so far has been more than willing to help share and, you know, help make me a better uh, contracting officer. And um, so it's, yeah, it's been great. Just, I think overall, just keep a learning attitude and um, just keep, keep going over it. Great. What about you, Chelsea? Um, for me, I, I would have to say I learned so, so much from the, the team at Scott um, as far as, you know, how to use data uh, to make decisions. Uh, you know, they're big brains. They're like, they're way beyond me. So I, I felt like a little kid in there, like, oh, can I, can I do this? Can I help you with this? Uh, but, you know, I just tried to soak up as much as I possibly could to, to learn and, and bring back um, for the Air Force. But, you know, beyond really the data management and seeing how Amazon does things, you know, there wasn't really much as far as like contracting that I could bring back, but I brought back a lot of philosophy. Uh, you know, like the Amazon leadership principles, they're, they're, they're ingrained into uh, everyone's lives that works for that company. It's very similar to our core values, um, except for theirs are very actionable. You know, they're more focused on specific behaviors. So a couple, just to give you an idea that I really enjoyed and I found a lot of value in, are have a backbone, disagree and commit, which basically encourages everybody in their company to, hey, if they disagree with something, say something. Don't like just get go along to get along and don't, you know, go with the whole concept of, well, this is how we've always done it. So this is how we're going to keep doing it uh, because that, that kills innovation and that kills, um, you know, the drive to, to improve and um, progress in, in, in one's career life, uh, you know, organization, all those things. And then also, 
bias for action. Um, I really love that one because I feel like a lot of people live in a state of fear where they don't want to make a mistake, where they don't want to say the wrong thing. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that there are not consequences sometimes for saying the wrong thing or being in the wrong place at the wrong time and opening your mouth. Like I've, I've experienced that and, and I know it's real, but that doesn't take away from the value of bias reaction and standing up for what you believe in and trying to, to make positive change. Um, so it was really, really awesome to see a whole company come together with these ideals and, and support each other and be okay with disagreement and be okay with debate. Um, and I would love to see those kind of instituted more in the Air Force and, you know, as a leader uh, and I plan to try to institute some of that myself at just at my level. Um, and then the one thing that I want to leave everybody with as far as what I learned, uh, and this is the biggest, biggest one, is kind of what Abby was saying. Uh, communication is huge. It's so huge. You have to communicate with your leadership and don't be afraid of shining a spotlight on an issue, um, but also be the change that you want to see. So, if you if you want to change something and you have a really good idea, don't be afraid to say, hey, I have this idea. Can I try this? Because grassroots policies are a real thing. And, and so if you institute something small at your level and you prove that it works and you can show that this, is, this works, then you can um, bring it up to your leadership and scale it and make it a little bigger, make it a little bigger. And, uh, you know, it might take some time, but you can you can make that happen it is possible and right now especially you know air force leadership is very open to innovation they're very open to new ideas they want to hear those thoughts so don't hold back um you know those those lanes are there for you to use and i would highly recommend that you use them uh so yeah those are the things that i think i i learned the most from amazon i i just i found the braver side of me. I've always been kind of a brave person, but I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm really, I've really found that um, inside myself a little bit more after experiencing Amazon and the way they do things. Great. So I got one more question for you guys, but it's going to be kind of like two in one. So Chelsea, I'll start with you. So what's, what's next for you? What's your next role and what are you up to next? And then what's a piece of advice you would give the next cohort of education with industry fellows? Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I, I currently am stationed at J-Bear. Um, I'm the deputy flight commander up here in the PKD flight uh, for 766 ESS. Um, and it's, Fabulous. We we work with some boss contracts up here, which I've never experienced before. Um, we're getting ready to do a really big source selection, um, you know. So there, there's a lot a lot happening up here in Little Alaska, um, but you know I'm really excited, and I, I feel like leadership is very very open. Like I was saying to some of the things that I've learned, and so um, I'm gonna try to like you know stretch my stretch my legs a little bit and see what I can make happen. Um, and then as far as any good advice that I could give to the next EB cohort, you know, if, if, if what we've been saying kind of rings true to you, um, reach out to us and, and ask, uh, you know, for, for our information, because the, the unfortunate thing about EWE is it's very short. And Abby and I did all we could do in that year's time. 
Um, but there's nothing wrong with continuing on with what somebody has already done. And I, and I honestly wish that there was more of that that happened between the different EWI cohorts because, um, you know, like Abby and I created this database and a mock-up of what a feedback system could look like, um, and the next EWI cohort could potentially, um, you know, do the software engineering for an actual program and try it out. Um, so, you know, obviously, if, if you all have your own ideas, go for it, but uh, I would highly recommend trying to work with previous EWI cohorts and, and, and continuing some of the good work that they've done. Uh, along with that, uh, have a lot of, have fun, ask a lot of questions, uh, get in there, be active, um, and uh, yeah, you're going to do great things, and you won't even realize it until you get back to your organization. That's great. And what about you, Abby? What's next for you, and what advice would you give the next cohort of Education with Industry Fellows? All right, well, what's next for me? Uh, I'm currently at Hanscom Air Force Base. I am in H&J, and I can't really talk about what I'm doing, which is kind of awesome. Uh, been learning a lot. Uh, so I am at a systems level. So for me, uh, my original, my first base was at Effie Warren. So I was at the operational uh, contracting level there. And uh, so for me to go to a systems level, uh, a lot more complex programs. So, uh, so that's been good for me. Uh, learning a lot, have a great team that I'm working with. Um, so just uh, currently just a contracts manager, hoping uh, when I get out of here, uh, the expectations are that I have an unlimited. So fingers crossed, um, I'll get that taken care of. Um, but when it comes to the uh, advice for the EV fellows, uh, one, have fun. That's uh, kind of my life motto. If you're not having fun, you know, like, why, why are you doing it? Um, but uh, just keep learning, learn as much as you can, ask the questions. Um, you, you get the I'm new here role. So you can ask some of those like, uh, what does that mean? Um, but I, at least for my experience, you know, everybody's happy to share and talk about what they do and um, why, why they're excited to be there as well. So um, it's an awesome opportunity. Uh, enjoy it while you're there uh, and learn, do awesome. Like, you know, this is your chance to be creative. Nobody's telling you exactly what you need to do. Um, so like, just go out there and, and do it. So I, that would be my advice, I guess. Over. Great. Well, I want to uh, congratulate you both for all you've accomplished and just being able to bring that back to the workforce through the podcast, but also um, where you're stationed now. And I, I love the perspective. So thanks again for this follow-up podcast episode. Yeah. Thanks, Amber, for, for keeping up with us. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Amber. Sorry for all the uh, reschedulings. <laughs> it's all good. If you have suggestions for topics or people to interview or feedback on the podcast, you can submit those at thecontractingexperience at gmail.com. I want to thank you all for listening to the Contracting Experience podcast. Until next time, keep connecting to the world around you.